Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. started talking last week about God, my source, and that my would mean you and me, right? Each one of us choosing to live life with God as your source. And on Father's Day, we're going to continue that message, God, my source, part two. And you know, as, as I'm just spending time with the Lord and worshiping Him during the week and asking Him for, for guidance and direction regarding this highway family and, and uh, he, it's wonderful how the Holy Spirit will speak to me regarding you. And, you know, God never gossips, right? We were watching an episode of Little House on the Prairie yesterday. How many people know Little House on the Prairie? And, and you know who my favorite character on that is? Harriet Olson. <laughs> She's like the devil himself, isn't she? <laughs> That's Nell's wife, Harriet, right? She owns the mercantile. Well, this, her cousin comes to town and starts a newspaper, and he's got this prosperous newspaper. It's really like a, a gossip column, and she becomes one of the reporters for the newspaper, and she starts just printing this gossip, and it really starts ruining people's lives because people are believing it. And uh, why am I talking about Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> what did I say before that? Oh, God doesn't gossip. Yeah, yeah. So we don't gossip either, right? So when the Holy Spirit talks to me about you, it's edifying. It's to build you up, to strengthen you so that your heart will grow stronger, right? When God speaks about someone, it's always edifying. It's never gossip. It's never uh, to put them in a bad light. And if, if I can't say anything good about someone, but you can say something good about anybody, then I don't say anything at all, right? But as I was praying uh, about this highway family and, and the direction the Lord is leading us, the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to my heart and He says, you know, we're in training. All of us are in training. And when you're in training, your mind is fixed on the prize, the goal that you're in training for, right? Well, we're not training for a literal gold medal in the Olympics. We're not training for a Super Bowl trophy, although I do hope Tom Brady wins another one. But what are we, what, what's the prize that the Holy Spirit is training us for? He wants us to experience God in every area of our lives to experience the abundant life Christ came to give us in every way. And He's preparing us to walk into more and more of that. So wherever we're at currently, He's training us to go higher, to go further than we've ever been before, to experience more of His health, His strength, his wisdom, his supernatural provision, more of his power and authority, 
to walk in more of him than we've ever walked in before. And that's what he's training us to do. And the Holy Spirit is the perfect trainer. He's better than Mickey. You know who Mickey is? He's the guy who trained Rocky. If you ever watch Rocky. He'll knock you to tomorrow, Rock. Holy Spirit is our trainer. And he's training us to trust God 24-7 to be sure and certain of the goodness of God in our lives, to know God more intimately so that the things that used to make us afraid won't make us afraid anymore. The things that used to cause us to worry or be anxious won't have any effect on us anymore because we're sure of who He is and who we are in Him. And we're sure that he will never fail us. We're sure and certain, just like we know our own name, that God is faithful. That God always comes through. That God is our shield and our sword. That God is our high tower and our fortress. The Holy Spirit's training us to know these things. And every time we gather, I feel like uh, I'm just watching. The Holy Spirit do what he does. And it's a privilege to be a part of this. God wants to be the fountain of your life. He wants to be the source of your strength, the source of your wealth, the source of your wisdom, the source of your health. And here's some definitions and synonyms for the word source, God my source. I'm just going to read them. God my source, God my birthplace. It's fun to travel back to the place where you were born. But we've been born again. And you, you understand what being born again is, right? It's the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. With your mouth, you say, Jesus, out loud, right? Be Lord of my life. I believe that you are risen from the dead by the Father for me. Do you know, do you remember where you were when you believed in the Lord for the first time, when you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord? God is your birthplace, He's your descent. He's your ancestry. He's your parentage. He's your pedigree. He's your history. My life before Christ was hugely different than my life with Christ. I don't remember who I was talking to recently, but I was saying my family in Christ is my real family, not my biological family growing up. It's my family in Christ because we have a much more powerful bond. It's the very blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, it would be God's ideal for your biological family to know him and pursue him and and be in him. It doesn't always work out that way because of man's decisions. But God is your history. He's your ancestry. He's your lineage. Um, back in 2000, uh, let's see, 8, I believe it was, 
we wanted to get a, a dog for our kids. And I didn't really know. We looked at different types of temperaments and for different dogs, and we determined a yellow lab would be a great dog for the kids because they, they're great with kids. So I went looking for a yellow lab, and I was just driving down the main street in my town, and I saw this sign that said, you know, puppies for sale. And I went in, and it turned out uh, there is a, a litter of new yellow lab puppies, and I didn't know anything about dogs. I had them growing up, but I didn't know about lineage and um, ancestry and pedigree. And I learned that these dogs came from a championship breed, and they had all the paperwork, and their parents were champion show dogs. And I was like, oh, boy, they're pure pedigrees. And so I said, well, what do, you, what do you do with a pure breed pedigree like this? And the owner said, love them. <laughs> so, okay, I can do that, you know. But I learned about pedigree, and then I, I talked to the breeders, and they showed us these charts and how they, you know, line up the different uh, lineages and, and uh, pedigrees and breed dogs for certain things in certain ways. It was very interesting. But God is your pedigree. You were born of him. That makes you more than a conqueror. That makes you his champion, right? Your father is the champion of champions, right? Hallelujah. You're of his line. You're of his bloodline. He's your root. Jesus is called the root of Jesse, right? Came from the line of David. My source, God my beginning, God my genesis, God my start. That's really when my life began is when I put my faith in Christ. I was 19 years old, but that's really when my life began. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And you'll find the more that you get to know him, you'll see that it's knowing him that brings life. He's my source. He's my cause. Everyone's looking for a cause to get behind. God's your cause. Knowing him is your cause and leading others into that relationship. He's my author. That's why I'm a bestseller. <laughs> He's my originator. He's my initiator. He's my creator. He's my inventor. We were riding in Boston the other day, and uh, Jennifer told me about the... Uh, the inventor of the Gillette razor. She was watching something on him, and he was a salesman, and he just did terrible. He said, I'm going to come up with something that, to, to make my fortune that everybody needs. And, and it, that when he came up with the idea of a disposable razor, that was not common. You throw it away when you're done with it. But he, uh, he invented a cartridge with blades that you put on a handle. Pretty cool, huh? That's a good idea. Well, God's your inventor. He invented you. Before you, there was not another you. That's very important. What a fortune you are. What an invention you are. And he's got the patent on you. He's your architect. He's your father. Father's Day. He's your reference. He's our frame of reference. He's the one that we look to. As we study Him, we begin to see ourselves clearly. You can't get to know yourself by studying yourself. And I know that these companies now that, that will try and trace your, your, your biological history, a lot of people are doing that, and they feel they find meaning to their life by doing that. But I'm telling you, that's not where your meaning lies. 
It's not where your meaning lies, where your ancestors were born. and where Your meaning lies in the one who designed you. I remember growing up, I had a relative that was really into the family tree, just trying to find everything they could. And that's interesting, biologically, naturally speaking, but it's very limited. That's not who you are. You are not your biological ancestry. You came from the heart of the Father. He spoke you into this world. He designed you. He's your your reference. He's your author. He's your creator. He's your Father. He's our authority. Hallelujah. He's the authority over our lives. And the, the, the original word for the word source from the Latin it comes from the word surge, to surge, when you have a surge of power, when you have a surge, something rises up from beneath, is where that word source comes from, to surge, to be a spring, to be a fountain. God, my source. Let's go to John chapter 4. God wants to rise up within you. He wants to rise up in your life and show his glory to you. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. So all of the things that we learn at Highway are our, for our benefit, right? These are things that, that God is imparting to us. These are not for his benefit. They're for our benefit. John chapter 4. And we'll start in verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water, of this water, will thirst again. And this is a woman who is coming to one of the wells of Jacob, I believe, right? To get water, natural water. And she met Jesus. And he says, Anyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. It's like that if you choose to make your, your natural ancestry. Your, what you focus on, you'll be thirsty again. It can't heal you. It can't set you free because your heritage, your true heritage, your true ancestry is from heaven because God made you. Start studying your real heritage. Your hev- become heavenly minded. Begin to think of yourself as from heaven, made by God, from heaven, born of him, called into existence by him. But whoever drinks, verse 14 of John chapter 4, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, this is Jesus talking, shall never thirst. Wow. It's a big statement, isn't it? Put Gatorade right out of business right there. Right? (laughs) But the water that I will give him will become to him a well of water. Springing up, God my source, to rise, fountain, spring. Hallelujah. The water I will give him will become a well of water springing up. Where does it spring up from? In your spirit. In you. Not out there somewhere. When you put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit enters your spirit becomes one with your spirit, and eternal life begins springing up. Anyone, uh, excuse me, a well of water springing up to eternal life. Look at the message translation of verse 14. The message translation. 
Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. Sounds good to me. The water I give will be an artesian spring within. I'm going to tell you about artesian spring and my grandfather in a minute here. Will be an artesian spring within, gushing, gushing, fountains of endless life. Where? Inside of you. Inside of you, gushing fountains of endless life. There are gushing fountains of endless life in me. Gushing fountains of endless life. That's why Rochelle could grab that woman's hand. Because there are gushing fountains of life in you. Gushing fountains of endless life. The Passion Translation says... But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. A gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. It sounds like God wants you to have abundant life today. Would it be safe to say that's the will of the Father? Well, we just read what the Son said. And the Son never says anything unless the Father has already said it. Right? So when Jesus is talking, the Father's talking. Right? Now... Stay with me. We're going to talk about water. He's talking about uh, faith in Him. And he likens our relationship with Him as a well of water, a gushing fountain of endless life inside of us. Now, in the Bible, and you, you, you've got a good hard copy Bible, right? You need a hard copy Bible, one that you can touch and open without any batteries, Right? In, the hard, in your hard copy Bible, and the digital ones too, but in the Bible, the Bible uh, likens um, two primary things to water, metaphorically. There are a lot of metaphors in the Bible, right, to help us grab a hold of spiritual concepts. Well, there are two primary things in the Bible that are likened unto water. The first one is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He is likened under water. Okay? So the first one's not a thing. It's, it's Him. It's God, the person of God. The Holy Spirit is likened under water. And the second thing in the Bible is the Word of God. So two things in the Bible, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, are both likened unto water. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God are likened unto water. Now listen to what I'm about to say. When you receive the Holy Spirit and believe the Word of God, life flows. But you have to do both. You have to have both. You have to have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and you have to have the Word of God. Now we know, let's take our time, we know the Word of God that literally Jesus 
the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is the Word of God, right? He's the living Word of God. What does that mean? He's the living expression of the heart of God, right? He's the exact representation of the Father. So Jesus is the living word, but listen, what I, so you obviously you have to have Jesus, but that when we're talking about right now the word of God, I'm talking about the true knowledge of God. The true knowledge of God. You've got to know the truth about who he is, his will for your life, and who you are in him. If you don't know the truth about those three things, life will not flow. Your fountain's going to be clogged. Don't get mad at me. Stay with me. Let me say that again. There are two things you need for this gushing fountain to begin to gush. You need the person of the Holy Spirit in you, inside of you. And that happens when you put your faith in Christ. You say, Jesus I believe in you. Be Lord of my life. You rose from the dead for me. The moment you do that, the Holy Spirit enters your spirit, and you become God's house. All right? But then you need to gain the true knowledge of God's will. Where can we find the true knowledge of God's will? In the person of Christ. Where can we study the person of Christ? In our Bibles. When I talk about the Word of God in the Bible, I am not talking about legalism. That's not the will of God. All right? People get legalistic with that book. It's not, the book is not the problem. The problem is they don't know the heart of the one who wrote the book. Okay? If you want to understand the Bible, you've got to know the heart of the one who wrote it, the Holy Spirit. Okay? Or you'll get legalistic and goofy. All right? Leave goofy up to Disney. That's Mickey Mouse's friend. Let's know God for real. Okay? Let's know God for real. So stay with me. This is going to get better than it already is. All right? We need the true knowledge of God's will, and we're going to get that as we study the Scriptures because the author is living in us. Okay? So if you want gushing fountains of endless life to begin flowing in you, you've got to begin to study the Scriptures. And I'm speaking to everybody from little kids to, to uh, adults of all ages. You've got to study the Scriptures. Your life depends on whether or not you have the true knowledge of God. When Satan comes to you and says, boy, you've been forgetting things a lot lately. Your mind is deteriorating. Could be the beginning signs of dementia. You need to be grounded in the true knowledge of what God has done for you through his son. That he's given you the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind and you will never have dementia. You will never have Alzheimer's. Never. Because your mind is cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You've got to know that. I'm not, I, I appreciate the class, but I'm telling you, you've got to know it like you know your name. And there will be a lot of people who tell you you're crazy and you can't say things like that. But you've got to be so grounded in this that it doesn't matter what anybody says, it's your reality. 
Two things you need. You need the person of the Holy Spirit in you, and then you need from the Scriptures, not from a preacher, not from a church doctrine, from the Scriptures, you need to know the will of God for your spirit, your soul, and your body. And it's wholeness. I'll just help you out a little bit. It's wholeness. It's His will for you. Hallelujah. Now, thank God for, for preachers who preach this. And I really don't have time to listen to preachers who don't. I don't have the time. I've got a destiny to fulfill. I don't have time to hear the philosophies of men. I studied philosophy for many years, but it, it gets you nowhere. I need the person of God in my life, not a philosophy. Not ideas, not concepts, not religious tradition. I need the reality of God flowing in me. And the only way I'm going to get that is by studying His Word, my hard copy Bible. I have, I have no idea how many of these I have. This is my primary one, but I've got oodles of them in my house, and I don't know how many I've owned in my lifetime. As far as my primary ones, I've gone through several. And this is the one I'm trying to preserve as long as possible. After a while, they start falling apart. But I said, I'm going to keep this as long as I can. It's got all my notes on it. Right? And I know that that scripture is right there. Right? So, but you've got to study the scriptures to know him. As, so if I have the person of the Holy Spirit in me, and I have the true knowledge of his will for my life, the fountain begins to gush. The life of God begins to flow in me. If I don't have the Holy Spirit, and there are many people in churches who don't know the Holy Spirit. They've just been going through their religious tradition. And there are many people who study the Bible that don't have the Holy Spirit. There are Bible schools that don't know the Holy Spirit. Hello. And to them, it is a, another philosophy, the Bible. It's a mental exercise. It's another philosophy among thousands, right? And the reason life isn't gushing in them is because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Or you could have the Holy Spirit in you and not have the knowledge of the truth, of the Word of God, of God's will for your life, and the life won't flow. You've got to have these two primary things, and that's what Jesus teaches us in the Scriptures. You need the person of the Holy Spirit in you and the knowledge of God's will in you. That's what the Word of God is. The Word of God, the knowledge of His will concerning your health, concerning your soul, concerning your body, concerning your spirit, concerning your wealth, concerning your finances, concerning your relationships, concerning what you're to use your time, energy, and resources for. His destiny for your life. You've got, don't cheat yourself. Make knowing God the passion of your life. It's for, all, it's for every human being. Not just because I'm a pastor. The only reason I became a pastor is I was just running after God so much and he needed another pastor. So I said, okay. <laughs> My goal was never to be be one. <laughs> No, he, he, he had called me and asked me, and I said yes. But it has nothing to do with passionately pursuing him. I'd do that anyway. Don't, don't fall into that, well, he's, a, he's a, a man of the cloth, so that's why he does these things. No, it had nothing to do with that. I want him. 
and he's for all of us. He's for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need both of these things. When you have the person of the Holy Spirit in you and you gain the true knowledge of his will, life begins to flow inside of you. See, I lived for, I came to know Christ at 19 and as much life as God could get to me was flowing, but there's a lot I didn't know about him. And I'd spend time with him, and I didn't even realize all the healing that was taking place. He was putting my heart back together. He was just doing all kinds of things. But about seven years later, I began to hear good, solid messages that, uh, about the finished work of Christ. That God put not only my sins on his son, but just like it teaches in the scriptures, in the New Testament, Old Testament, he put my sicknesses and diseases and my sins upon his son that it was his will for me to be well. And I had to really spend time meditating on that. And it took a, a number of months for it to become real to me. But as I had the Holy Spirit in me, but the true knowledge of his will regarding healing in this case was not in me. So I had to study the scriptures. And man, I studied them diligently. And after several months, it clicked in me. And I knew it was God's will for me to be well for the rest of my life. And gushing fountains began to flow inside of me. Now, I had known the Lord for seven years. But those fountains couldn't flow because I didn't have the knowledge of his will in my mind and in my heart. You're following me. This is not an We're not robots. You don't just push a button and everything's all right in your life. We're dynamic beings. We're made in the image of God. We have a free will. We can believe whatever we want to believe, whether it's true or not. You need to recognize how valuable you are and, and put yourself into the presence of God and study His Word so that He can begin to gush life inside of you and you can begin to experience His will for your life. Now, the Holy Spirit's our trainer, right? God is our source. And it's the Holy Spirit's passion to reveal to you the will of God. All the Father did for you through Christ. And don't listen to every spirit you hear. There are a lot of spirits that will try and speak to you. The Holy Spirit will always speak to you about Christ who Jesus is, what he did for you, and who you are in him. And it will never con contradict what Jesus said or did. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it always perfectly agrees with Christ and the Word. So no matter how bright the light is, Satan comes as an angel of light, no matter how sensational the spiritual experience is, if it doesn't agree with what Christ has revealed to us in his ministry and in his word, it's not God. But I heard a voice. If it's not in agreement with Christ, it wasn't God's voice. Hearing a voice doesn't mean it's a true voice, right? There are a lot of voices in the world. A lot of voices. Doesn't, having a voice doesn't mean it, you, you have the truth. So you'll hear voices that are not true. Uh, there's a lot of voices going on right now that are, it's amazing. It's, it's hard to learn that when you grow up, that there are actually adults who lie regularly. That's hard, that hold public office. It's hard to learn that. 
Because well, they, they you know, they're, they're established and they're in a high office and they're lying. Eek. So just having a voice doesn't mean that you're, you're having a position doesn't mean you're getting the truth. There's only one place you can get pure truth, and that's Christ, because he is pure truth. Hallelujah. Now stay with me. I'm going to take you on a trip with my grandpa. You ready? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 first. 1 Corinthians 2. This is the Holy Spirit's passion to reveal Christ to you, to reveal to you the finished work of Christ. Huh. And when you start getting a hold of this, man, you, you, they won't be able to keep you from coming to church. A church that gives you the finished work. A church that preaches to you the fullness of the gospel, right? You, it will become uh, one of the most important things you do, hearing the gospel. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians 2. Is that what I told you to go to? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. This is the Holy Spirit's passion. Are you ready? However, as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, I'm going to pause here for a moment. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking with another believer. And I shared with them that it's God's will for them to be well. I said, oh, you can't say that. And I said, it is. I said, it's God's will for you to be well. Said, oh, you can't make a statement like that. And then he, he brought up this scripture. He said, I like that scripture that says, no eye has seen no ear is heard, no mind is conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. I said, have you read the next verse? He said, no. He didn't know what was after that. Can you imagine? See, that's what man's religious tradition does. It closes the door right there. No eye has seen, no ear is heard, my so let's just, we'll never know. That's not what the Holy Spirit's saying. You got to keep, just keep reading the Bible. It'll help you a lot, right? Just keep reading. What does verse 10 say? But God has revealed it to us. I said that to him. He just went. He had never heard that before. Can you imagine? I said, that's the next verse. He went, oh, I'll have to go look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'd go look at it. Yeah, your life depends on it. You better know what God's revealed to us through his Holy Spirit. It's your, it should be your whole life focus. There's nothing more important to you than what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us about Christ. There's nothing more important. Your job's not more important. Your spouse is not more important. Your kids aren't more important. Your future's not more important. Nothing's more important than what Christ did for you, than who he is. It's what your life is all about. Don't let the devil wa water you down or, or dumb you down. You're all about Christ. The meaning of your life is found in Him. It's the Holy Spirit's passion. It says, but God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The New Living Translation says, God shows, uh, the Holy Spirit shows us God's deep secrets. He shows us God's deep secrets. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Hallelujah. God unveils the reality of what Christ did for us 
by His Holy Spirit in us. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to show you every day. Who Christ is, what He accomplished for you, and who you are in Him. It will change your entire life. Do yourself a favor and make this your focus. What else is life about, really? I mean, let's boil it all down. Because I'm telling you, after, after this time on earth is over, we're all going to know what life really is all about. It's about knowing Him. And I know there's a lot of temptations and to be distracted and to spend our time and energy on other things. But the truth is you were made to know Him. And the real you will be set free as you come into a relationship with Him. The real you is saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, just talk to Jesus. Read His Word, study the Scripture. Come on, I'm just waiting to come out. Every time you believe something that's untrue about God, it clogs the real you. It clogs part of that fountain. The Weiss translation from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 12, says, But as for us, this is for believers who have the person of the Holy Spirit in them and who are studying the Scriptures, right? As for us, not the Spirit of this world system did we receive, but the Spirit who is of God in order that we might come to know the things which by God have been in grace bestowed upon us. So you can live your whole Christian life and be miserable. Yes, you're, sa- you're saved from hell. You're saved from, from going to hell when you die. That's, a, that's true. Hell wasn't made for man. You know that, right? It was prepared for, for, for the rebellious angels, right? Not for man. Nevertheless, if I reject God... Right? I, then then I, I'm, I'm doomed and hell is my destination. Right? Because it's, it's receiving his love for me. It's faith in Christ that saves me. Right? By grace we've been saved through faith. All right? So, <laughs> I don't want to go too fast here. The Holy Spirit wants you to, let me say this, He wants you to understand and experience daily all that Christ did for you. This is what life is. It's about union with the one who made us. So that's what I want to, yes. So where you you can be a believer and heaven is your home, but live a miserable life. Because you don't have the knowledge of what he did for you through his son. And this is what religious tradition has done. It's basically, Christianity is about, you know, going to confession, saying your sins, and hopefully getting to heaven someday. That's not what it's about at all. It's about experiencing God every day of your life for the rest of eternity. Now, today. It's a, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think about after I leave this earth in a sense of hell and heaven, I'm thinking of experiencing him right now. I'm not waiting for heaven. Heaven's in me. When my time on earth is done, I'll be in his presence. I know that's my home. But heaven is so much more than a future 
future location. It's a present reality inside of you. The kingdom of God is within you. God, my source. Hallelujah. Now, oh, glory to God. Let's go. Isaiah 12. Then I'm going to tell you about my grandpa. Well, maybe I'll tell you about my grandpa first. Make sure I get all this in. Yeah, let me tell you about my grandpa. So I lived with my grandpa for a while growing up, talking about gushing fountains of endless life inside of you. And this is back in the day, I guess it would have been the 70s, 80s, um, before, I don't think they sold bottled water back then. That was kind of a thing that happened in my lifetime. I saw the beginning of bottled water. Yeah. That whole idea was like, what? You're putting water in a bottle? But it worked. <laughs> they just opened the spigot, put it in the water, and then put it on the shelf and sell it to you. Right? <laughs> but anyway, my grandfather in his home, we lived in western Pennsylvania near Ohio, out in the country, um, when I was living with him. And he would collect uh, gallon jugs. And he'd put them in boxes in his porch. And he maybe had, I don't know, six boxes of, of gallon jugs, and he would, I'd go with them, and he'd bring them to his car, they'd all be empty, and we'd drive further out into the country. And uh, I don't know how far, I was a kid, seemed like a ways, but maybe 15 miles, I don't know. We'd drive out into the country, I mean, way out there. And he'd pull up on this little road, side road, and there was a house up on a hill, and on the side of the hill was a pipe coming out. And water was just flowing out of that pipe. Just flowing. And he told me about it. He said, this is an artesian well. And this water will just continue flowing. Just continue flowing. Endless. So the owner wanted to make it available to anyone who wants it, the owner of the land. So he put a pipe in his property. And his house was up on the hill, but down on the road, you could pull up. And right on the side of the hill, there's a pipe probably about that big coming out of the side, of the head, and it would just gush it out of there. So my grandpa would come, and he'd get all his jugs, and we'd fill every jug up with that fresh spring water. He should have sold it. Oh, wouldn't that have been something? See? Yeah, but anyway, so we'd fill up every one of those bottles with that fresh spring water, put them all in the car and take them back, and then we'd have fresh spring water. And we'd do, we did that ever since I can remember being my grandpa, he would do that. But it's interesting, these artesian wells, what makes them flow, because not every well just flows like that, but there's something special. There's two types, I guess, of artesian wells. One is just called an artesian well. One's called a flowing artesian well. This was a flowing artesian well, all right? And it has to do with the layers under the surface, all right? So underneath the surface, there's layers. There's layers to you. Did you know that? Spirit, soul, and body. And in your soul, there's your mind, your will, and your emotions. There are layers to you. So whether or not the water flows has to do with what's going on in the layers underneath the surface. Hello? We're talking about my grandpa, right? <laughs> so what happens is how much life you experience depends on what's going on underneath the surface, not what's going on around you. Okay? So an, an artesian well that doesn't flow, there's this lower layer that's consolidated rock. But if that, 
that firm, solid layer, if it doesn't go up higher than the, the mouth of the well, the water won't flow. So if the foundation is not higher than the opening, the water doesn't flow. But when the foundation, when the solid rock, what you believe is your foundation, right? Jesus says that, that a man who hears these words of mine and doesn't practice them is like a man who builds his house on a bad foundation, sandy shaky foundation. But he who hears these words of mine and practices them is like a man who built his house on the bedrock, the Petra, immovable, right? So the, the consolidated rock inside of you is whatever you believe. doesn't have to be true. It's just whatever you believe. That's the layer that determines what flows in your life. This is really good. Again, it doesn't matter if it's true. I can believe that Mickey Mouse is, is the Antichrist. It doesn't matter if it's true or whatever. I can believe, you know, wh wh whatever I want to believe. It doesn't matter if it's true or not, but that forms a layer in me. Okay? So I can believe that I evolved from chipmunks. And that will form a layer in me. And that will determine what flows. If I believe I evolved from pond scum, that gives me a very different image of myself, doesn't it? That I evolved from scum and, and little amoebas and, and tadpoles and monkeys and all these things. That's a very different layer that forms in me. Are you following me? Then if I believe that God, the maker of heaven and earth, created me in his image... A very different layer forms in me. Very different layer forms in me. So these flowing artesian wells, that bedrock layer, that consolidated rock, rises higher than the mouth of the well, and the strength, the pressure of that foundation pushes the water out and causes it to flow. The same is true with us. We have to have the Holy Spirit in us. But then we've got to come in agreement with Him and study the Scriptures and know what God has said when you have the Holy Spirit in you and you've been studying the Scriptures. You've got a bedrock now of the truth of God in you and life begins to flow. Are you following me? Now let's read Isaiah 12. It's time to let the waters flow in your life. It's time to coming to church uh, won't make any difference in your life if you're not learning the true knowledge of God's will for your life. Can you imagine just going to the gym? You want to get in shape and you go to the gym and just sit there? Hey, I go to the gym five times a week. What do you do? I sit in the corner and... People do that with church. And, and, and they don't understand why they're not experiencing the abundant life. We don't just come and we're actively participating with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, every time we gather, you are given powerful 
truths of God to grab a hold of and meditate on. I mean, we put a bunch of scriptures up on that screen. And you can just snapshot some with your phone, write them down in your notebook or on your, your phone in your notes, and go home and meditate on what you've just heard. Then the podcast comes out. It's free. Usually comes out on Tuesday. And I love doing that. I'll get my Bible. I'll listen to a message. And I'll just go through. And I'll look at the scriptures. And things come alive in you. Because now you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with instead of just being a, 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 a wallflower. Right? Look what Isaiah says about drawing out the life of Christ that's already in you. Behold, God is my salvation. I'm sorry, I'm in Isaiah 12, verse 2. Isaiah 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. That's a truth you need to know. What does salvation mean? Healing, wholeness, victory, prosperity. God is my salvation, my safety, my security. Oh, but what about COVID? God is my salvation, my safety, my security. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Can you feel that lair forming in you? Come on, you want a bedrock that will cause gushes of life to flow in you? Isaiah 12, 2 through 6 will do it. God is my salvation. See, this is what we begin to do. We begin to hear the Word of God, and we begin to speak the Word of God. This is what causes the water to start to flow. We hear the Word of God, and we speak the Word of God, and we rejoice in the Word of God. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Verse 3, Isaiah 12. Therefore, listen to this closely, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Where are the wells of salvation if you're born again? In your spirit. Remember, there are layers to you. You're a spirit. The real uses spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you're living in a physical body. It's a mortal body, right? You got to understand your layers. The life of Christ is in your spirit. All right? You want to draw what's in your spirit out so that it can flood your soul and your body. How do you do it? With joy. By rejoicing in what God has said. By worshiping Him that His Word is so in your life. With joy you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. Inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel inside of you. 
Great is God inside of you. Great is the Holy One of Israel. He's living inside of you. Great is the God inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great is our God. And He's living in me. The Passion Translation says in verse 4, In that glorious day, the day that we're currently living in, they're prophesying of the Messiah coming. This is the day of glory. Hallelujah. In that glorious day, you will say to one another, that means you're talking out loud. It means you're shouting. It means you're singing. It means this is a reality to you. We only shout and sing about the things that are real to us. If you're not singing and shouting and talking about it, it's not real to you yet. As it becomes real to you, you won't be able to stop talking about it. So those people who don't want you to be loud in church, it's because it's not real to them yet. When it's real to you, you'll shout about it. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Woo! Jesus! Hey! Thank you, Father. Great are you, and you're living inside of us. Hallelujah! Jesus. Hey. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. The Passion Translation says this in verse 4. In that glorious day you will say to one another, Give thanks to the Lord and ask Him for more. I love God. Come on. He's saying, ask me for more. Ask me for more. What does man's religious tradition say? Well, you can't ask him for that. And you're asking for too much. God never once said that. You find it in the scripture where he said, it's just the opposite. He said, ask me. Ask me for the nations. Ask me for more. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be given you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is what we say. Give thanks to the Lord and ask him for more. Ask Him for more. Ask Him for more in your life. Come on. Go ahead. Just ask Him for more. Ask Him for more in your life. Ask Him to show Himself to you. Ask Him for more life, more strength, more wisdom, more joy, more provision, more wealth, more joy, more peace, more hallelujah, more Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell the world about all that he has done. Woo! Tell the world about all that he does. Let them know how magnificent he is. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done marvelous wonders, and let his fame be known throughout the earth. Hallelujah. 
Listen to me. Just like those little empty gallon jugs <laughs> my grandpa had, it's kind of, I don't joy is like that bucket. It's like when you start to praise him and you start to take him at his word and rejoice in him, it's like reaching down into your spirit and just pulling that life right up. Pulling that life right up. That's why choosing to give depression its way in your life is so deadly. Because it blocks the flow of life. Listen, every one of us can choose to rejoice. Yes, you can. Well, they told me uh, clinically that's not possible. Yes, it is. God made you in his image. Every one of us can choose to praise him. And we choose to believe that he is who he says he is. That he came that we might have life and life abundantly. That he's lavished his love upon us through his son Jesus Christ. That he is the shelter, the high tower that we live in. That he's commanded his angels concerning us to guard and protect us. That no harm or evil will befall us. Where am I getting all this from? Studying the scriptures. This is all in the scriptures. I'm just telling you scriptures. I don't have time to go through all the chapters and verses. It's in, when it's inside of you, life begins gushing and flowing, right? So here's what we're doing. Here's what we're being trained to experience more life. Ask God for more. Ask Him for more. Ask Him for more. So you need the Holy Spirit in you. You need the knowledge of His Word in you. And then you rejoice in it no matter what it looks like currently. No matter how you're currently feeling. No matter what your circumstances may currently look like, you begin to praise God that His Word is true in your life. And that, that fountain inside of you, that eternal life inside of you, begins to flow and gush, and it will come up from your spirit into your soul. It will fix your emotions. It will fix your mind. And it will come into your body and fix your body, but it won't stop there. It will flow out from you into the world around you. This is the life of Jesus as your fountain. God, my fountain. God, my source. God, my flowing artesian well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's end with a few praise scriptures here. But take that Isaiah 12, boy, that's a life changer, verses 2 through 6. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and rejoice. Shout for joy. You try and shout quietly. Can't do it. Shout for, let them shout for joy. Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. And let them say continually the Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant it gives God pleasure to prosper you it is his pleasure for you to prosper Psalm 40 verse 16 says let all those who seek you, rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord being magnified. I mean, I'm practicing this like I've never done before. 
you know, you're going through your week and maybe something happens that, that uh, you, you didn't want to happen or something didn't happen, you want to happen, and you're tempted to be discouraged. And in that moment, I'm training myself like never before to just rejoice in His presence, to begin praising Him and thanking Him that He's moving on my behalf, that He's accomplishing the things that concern me, that He's gone before me and made the crooked places straight. It's amazing what happens. Do not give in to discouragement. Do not listen to fear. Do not give in to the temptation to be anxious about anything. Instead, choose to praise Him. Choose to rejoice in Him. Start drawing out that life inside of you. Let the joy of the Lord become your strength. Jesus, we praise you and thank you. Jesus, we worship you and give you glory. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, last scripture, Habakkuk 3, 18 says this, I, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. We can't always choose our circumstances, but we can choose how we respond to them. We can't always choose what's going on in the world around us, but we can choose what's going on inside of us. We can choose what kind of lair is being laid, what kind of foundation we're living upon. And we do it by letting the Holy Spirit live in us, learning the Scriptures, and rejoicing in them. Rejoicing at what God has said, magnifying His name. Father, we've come to this warehouse this morning to magnify Your name. We've come here to praise You and to worship You, Lord, and to declare before the world that You are our source. Lord, that the fame of Your love would spread everywhere we go, that the fame of Your goodness would flow like a mighty river into the lives of everyone we meet. Lord, that the reality of who You are would be a gushing fountain in us, Lord God, an endless fountain and would touch the people around us. Lord, we declare that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We declare that you have gone before us and made the crooked places straight. We declare, Lord God, that you have given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We declare that you are our light. We shall not fear. We declare that you are our salvation. We shall not be afraid. We have cast every care upon you. We refuse to be anxious or worry about anything. Instead, we choose to rejoice in the reality of who you are and what you've done in our lives. And we say, thank you, Father, for new life. Thank you for gushing fountains of endless life gushing in us. Thank you for endless life flowing in us. God, you are great in us. You're living in us. You are great in us. And you are great among us. And we thank you, Father. On Father's Day, we rejoice that you are the one who's given birth to us. You are the one who gave us your seed. We're born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. We've been reborn and we become your sons and daughters, more than conquerors, champions for your glory. And we thank you for life and life abundantly. And we ask you for more in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless him. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. 
Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.